Hi guys, I'm Tasha Bishop and you're listening to the Body Language Podcast. I was born with a condition called Maya Rokitansky Kusterhauser Syndrome, which basically means I was born without a womb or internal vagina. Oops, two minutes in and I've already said the V word. It took me a long time to process my diagnosis and for so many years I felt like the odd one out. How do I exist as a woman in a world that deems my sexless, infertile body as useless? So three years ago, I started a non-profit called The Pants Project, a feminist initiative using underwear as a symbol of strength and a catalyst for conversations about bodies. Launching The Pants Project made me realize something pretty revolutionary. We're all odd ones out. None of us fit the mold. So instead of changing ourselves, we're gonna change the conversation. This weekly podcast comes from a personal place, bringing you a filter-free, intimate insight into all kinds of bodies that make up this world. The way we talk about them, hide them, and ultimately how we come to value our imperfections in a society set on perfection. Bodies are more than the labels that categorize them. They are vessels for the stories we write on our journey through life. Welcome to Body Language, the podcast. Before I welcome today's body language guest, I'd love to start by saying a big thank you to Beach Holiday Specialist on thebeach.co.uk, the sponsors of this podcast. After discovering a pretty worrying stat that a third of women don't go for a dip in the sea or pool on holiday because they're suffering with low body confidence, On the Beach's latest hashtag This Bikini Can campaign celebrates all incredible bodies. So basically, they're saying you do you. Babe, you deserve to enjoy your holiday and sip that pina colada on the beach guilt-free, regardless of your shape, size, gender, ethnicity or colour. Visit onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language to browse thousands of holidays with a deposit from just £30 per person. Thank you guys. So this week's guest on the Body Language podcast is Nadia Dean, known to many as the Orgasm Whisperer, which is <laughs> frankly the best name to go by in history ever. Nadia is the founder of AM Appointment, an uncensored platform offering extensive advice and tips for women and people with vulvas on how to achieve their best orgasms during solo sexual play. Her mission is to explain how masturbation can be an important method of self-love for the modern 21st century woman. And given that female pleasure was touted the biggest wellness trend for 2019, her message and wisdom has perhaps never had more gravity than it does right now. Nadia is also a founding team member at the Entomology Institute, a school of sexual wellness that produces thoughtfully curated events with unique sexual life journey in mind under expert guidance from acclaimed doctors, therapists, scientists and experts. So I am super excited to welcome Nadia today to chat about the concept of virginity, the importance of sex education and reclaiming a sense of sexuality after trauma. Thank you for having me. I'm no, so excited. Such a pleasure. <laughs> so before we kind of dive into the, the curves and crevices of today's podcast body, we're going to start with a little warm up. So I like to do this just to break the ice and get things going. Okay. And it's super easy basically just have to answer whatever comes into your head. Okay. As I can do that. As, as soon as I do that in. in general, which is not <laughs> always a good thing. No, no. Sometimes you should filter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so finish the sentence my relationship with my body is ongoing an ongoing work of um not work of art but work of art it is a work <laughs> of art <laughs> it's an ongoing project um 
I think like most people, not just mm. women, I obviously have my body hang-ups, but mm. I have things that I love. And it's really interesting because recently I did this thing in Barcelona called Suco Sessions, where mm. you're listening to like deep house music and it's kind of meditating and you're doing yoga and it's all mm. about being free through dance. And there was a part where you had to kind of caress different parts of your body and, mm. you know, just be grateful for like your ankles and grateful for your legs and Things that you never really notice until there's a problem with it. Yeah. And it really just put me in a place of being grateful for, mm. you know, I have all, you know, body hang-ups, issues with my body as you're getting older. But I'm actually really grateful that I'm here. Yeah. So it's yeah. an ongoing work, but I love it. Yeah. It could have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could say one thing to your younger self, what would it be? Um, You're good enough. I was really insecure and quiet when I was young. I was always referred to as a quiet friend. Mm. And I didn't do a lot of things or I did a lot of things because I either thought no one will notice or no one valued me, apart from my family. Yeah. So, for example, I didn't go and do the course in fashion that I really wanted to because I didn't think I was good enough or... Mm. I just got myself into situations that which came from low self-esteem. Yeah. So yeah. as an older person now, I would look back at myself and just explain to myself my self-worth. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm great at and who I am mm. then. What does self-care look like to you? Self-care is for me, I am an introvert and extrovert's body. Mm. So sometimes... As much as I like being in a party and stuff like that, sometimes yeah, I, need, yeah. I just need quiet time. And self-care for me is having those quiet times, sleeping if I need to sleep and not yeah. feeling guilty if I'm tired. Oh my God, yeah. Um, my schedule is all over the place. And yeah. I spent a month in New York and mm. I've just come back from Barcelona, so my schedule wow. is messed up. Yeah. But if I need to sleep, I sleep. If mm. I need to just not speak to people... I need to, I'll do that. Mm. If I just need to be with my cat, <laughs> I'll just be with my cat. Yeah. And just having quiet time for myself, that's really important for me. and something yeah. that I've learned that I need to indulge in. Yeah. What is the most ridiculous myth or lie you've heard in relation to women's bodies? I feel like your answer to this is going to be fascinating. I would have said T.I. You know, the whole thing that he done said about the hymen, checking the daughter's hymen, which is ridiculous. That whole thing recently oh, where no. this rapper who said that his daughter's 17 or so, he still goes 17 or 18, he goes to the doctors every year for checkup and he makes sure the doctor checks her hymen to make sure it's still intact. That was really ridiculous. And well, I was thinking that. I'm not, I'm not sure how you haven't heard this. Um, that is has just blown my mind. It's absolutely ridiculous because, yeah. you know, as we know, hymens break for all kinds. It can break like riding a horse, can it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it can, it, all kinds of reasons. When do you feel you're most content? When I'm around my family. Hmm. Uh, I think some people might not have that support network and mm. it's one of the things that I'm grateful mm. for is my family I come from a majority of women mm. and just being around them I feel my most comfortable I don't know I can just be myself I feel the most loved and able to show love yeah so what does the term hashtag body girls look like to you do you know what I think for me body girls is just being the healthiest that I can be and mm. also you know 
making sure I give my hair a treatment. Like the, yeah. today, I was thinking, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my hair a good steam today. Oh, it was part of my plan, part of my self care. So that's my body goals. And also, I aim by next year, each year it moves because it was this year. <laughs> I aim to be able to do the splits because I was able to do it when I was younger. That's so cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to do the splits. Yeah. I'm gonna make that my goal as well. <laughs> I can barely touch my toes at this point. <laughs> what is your biggest strength? I think my biggest strength is the fact that. I'm quite an easy person to get along with. Mm. That's helped me a lot in life because that has enabled me to befriend people who are really motivating or who that I look up to and think, you know, I'm really like, really grateful that you're in my life. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Who is your body posse hero? Um, Probably Ashley Graham. Oh, yeah. She's really positive mm. um, I used to watch America's Next Top Model a lot yeah. and I and loved she was, it was she a judge on it? yeah she was, was she a judge a, yeah. recently in the last maybe three or four mm. seasons and she was always really nice to them yeah like, she's also very professional yeah like really knows her shit <laughs> yeah so she to me is like body positivity mm. also Jamila Jamil yeah love I, Jamil I love Jamil. her I mean I think she's just goals yeah. in general I, I think she's incredible yeah what story does your body tell? um that's a difficult one I mean, in times when I haven't loved it as much or haven't treated it like I should, it's kept me going in moments when I felt like complete suicidal. Um, it helped me mm. get out of that. And it also tells the legacy of my family, just yeah. the way my body's shaped. Like, it's really weird because everyone in my family is really tall. But apart from <laughs> me and my my older sister, who are like yeah. five foot three, yeah. and we compete because one's like five foot three and... And a little bit. And a little bit. <laughs> and a little bit. She's she's getting shorter as she gets older. The less of it. <laughs> yeah, but everyone else is really tall. But that's it comes from somewhere and it's mm. just, I find that fascinating. So yeah, my body will kind of show that, my yeah. legacy. Yeah. And, Amazing. Yeah. Just because I'm a power pants underwear addict, what does your favourite pair of pants look like? Oh gosh. <laughs> and do they make you feel powerful? My favourite pair of pants are the lace, not quite Brazilian, those, um, I totally know what you mean, but I don't know how to describe yeah, them. Yeah, they're not shorts. <laughs> they're like che- they call them like cheeky. They were they always called like cheeky on like sides, yeah. Well, they're, they're quite sexy. They're they're, they're literally more laced than anything yeah, else. Yeah, um, but don't like cut you in half like a thong. I hate thongs. no. I mean, I've been getting back into them, but <laughs> my favorite part pair are actually all ripped and holy same same <laughs> and I have newer ones but those ones no, you just, just can't let go of them I just love or, <laughs> yeah. or I have actually a favourite pair which are I just got a pack of like Marks and Spencers but they're just super high waisted mm. grown up pants yeah. for I'm a big granny pants gal yeah for cosy days <laughs> yeah. you know which like most days are cosy for me yeah why not you know yeah. For me, like a lot of people ask me about what my favourite underwear is like, and usually it's always comfort. And we, we were going to get onto this later when I wanted to talk about like feeling sexual after trauma. And um, I was sexually assaulted when I was 15 and then diagnosed with MRKH like less than a year later. And my libido just like went out the window. I don't even know if I, I was too young to almost have any anyway. And before I'd even discovered that part of me, it was like taken away and I I felt like I lost all ability to like feel sexual and um, 
things that were like stereotypically sexy, like sexy underwear, sexy thong, whatever, didn't make me feel sexy. What made me feel sexy was feeling comfortable because Mm -hmm. then I felt like in control. So like it was a big pair of pants that were like, felt like they were hugging me. I felt, I found that much more sexy than like revealing yeah but who says that you know thongs are bloody uncomfortable (laughs) tight jeans on a tube when you just want to in between your flaps you just want to get out but you can't do it though you know who actually says these things are sexy yeah i have had partners where they prefer it when i'm wearing i'm a little bit unshaved and i'm wearing big pants they they find it sexy so really really sexy for yourself is about being comfortable Mm in yourself and in the moment Mm. it's not something that the outside world like stereotypically can give you it's something that you have to learn for yourself and how Mm. you see yourself and how you appreciate yourself appreciate yourself and having gone through trauma myself I totally understand that and I think for me it kind of made me hypersexual so interesting but I had to go through I've gone through a lot of therapy yeah to kind of really understand why I was doing or being with certain people and doing certain things it's all about control Mm. there's a certain certain aspect of control and to feel sexual or to have a really great sexual experience you have to kind of get to terms of letting go of your control Mm. which is a really difficult thing for a lot of people women in particular not being in control really stops them from being in that moment but it's something that you learn it's not some people are blessed with it and some people need to learn it so it's not something that can never happen you just have to yeah some people just are more naturally sexual feeling Mm. and and i think it does have a lot to do with not a lot, but for some people, their first experience, sexual experience, kind of um, dictates how it goes. Yeah. So if you've had a really pleasant, loving experience, you're probably mm. used to feeling a certain security and, you know, mm. and it might be easier for you in the long run. Whereas if you've maybe had a one night stand or you were assaulted or just something happened that you didn't quite like, it's mm. it's going to it's going to become a pattern that you might not even be aware of. Something's been taken away from you, something that was yours Mm. has been taken away from you or you haven't been in control. One of the questions I always get asked whenever Mm. I do like talks or podcasts is, what do you think that we should be teaching children about sexual education that we're not now? And I always, always say that we need to be talking to young people about the emotional side effects of sex and sexual relationships. Because... You don't necessarily understand, as a woman or someone with a vulva, no, actually as anyone, like Mm. man or woman or whatever gender you are, how you feel, you will feel after doing that act because it's the ultimate act of surrender or, you know, you're let as as someone with a vulva. So vulnerable. Yeah. As someone with a vulva, you're letting someone into into your your body. body. Yeah. And that's... I know we have we have that whole society where we just play off sex. Yeah, I have one night stand. It was mm. this happened. You know, Samantha and Sex in the City. But when you really think about it, these it can have a toll on you because you're mm. letting people inside your body. And then, unless you're in the right frame of mind mm-hmm. and you can deal with that, yeah, then there's going to be a side effect. Yeah, in in my opinion, there's going to yeah. be a side effect that you have to address. Yeah, I've never really thought about that from like the other side. Like I've never thought about. I mean, I have thought about like the emotional side of sex, obviously, but I've never, I've never like taken time to like process it. Because just now, I was actually thinking whilst you were talking about 
talking about that like I was like sexually assaulted when I was like 15 and it wasn't technically rape because of like the body part that was like used if it was a sexual act then it was a sexual act if if something happened in Mm -hmm. and it was a sexual it doesn't have to necessarily be in traditional places to be rape okay if you if someone's violated you in a way that you didn't want them to Mm. and it was a sexual act for them then it's rape so yeah so um that was that and then the next like I like kissed a few boys I guess like got with I don't know what (laughs) they youth Mm. use anymore Um, like a few boys before the the guy that I've been with for now since I was like 17 and the boyfriend that I've now been with for like five years who I adore more than like any other human on the planet and who has only been loving and gentle and incredible even now like my body still recognizes that trauma because there are like and I've only just noticing it now because there are times when I don't feel like I want to have sex but I'll I it wouldn't even be him that initiates it it'll be like me that initiates it even though I don't feel like having sex maybe it's the intimacy that you want Mm. which is different it's I like to have sex for intimacy. Yeah. Um, sometimes I just like to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the hugging or the affection. The closeness. The closeness, the touching of another person. I mean, in life, yeah. we don't go around touching people. Don't do things <laughs> yeah. like that. Content, people. <laughs> no, please do not yeah. touch me unless yeah. I have allowed you to, and that includes my hands. Yeah. <laughs> but it's some, it can be. it can be that, but... Mm. things that you said you, you've been with your partner for like five years and mm. sometimes you don't feel like it if you don't feel like it there's no it's not a be all or end all yeah and it could just be more it's it could be more than the actual sexual act that you're craving yeah but i really believe that everyone should have therapy at mm. some point in their life i know it sounds really american (laughs) no i agree with you i definitely agree with you because you uncover some things that you don't even realize that you're harboring and harboring and some things that you do know that you're harboring but you actually don't understand it yeah and you don't have the tools to unpack what it is yeah and then it kind of just you kind of just leave yourself in this situation that Mm. you know is not quite right but you don't know how to get out of it so you just kind of keep doing what's not quite right but yeah do you understand what i mean yeah yeah absolutely absolutely Just a quick ad break to say that Beach Holiday Specialist on the beach has revealed three pretty important steps to getting beach body ready. Number one, put on your swimwear. Number two, find a beach. Number three, shine bright and feel fabulous. Who would have thought in this day and age that anyone, no matter what they look like, could go to the beach and have a ball? I love that On The Beach are banishing the myth of having to get beach body ready. Since over here on the Body Language Podcast, I really believe that all bodies are beautiful. So dig that bikini out, go to onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language and browse through their thousands of great holiday options suitable for every single body. I kind of want to talk about like the sex positive positivity movement and it's at like an amazing place now like a lot of people are talking about sex positivity and especially women and I feel like it's 
both in vogue at the moment yeah it's both a free time for women to explore sexuality and then you look at like times up and you realize that there's still so much horrific abuse of that sexual freedom that women can now kind of enjoy (laughs) and i basically just want to know where you've obviously started am appointment which i think is amazing and in in your part of the entomology institute team and I kind of want to know, like, what got you into this field, I guess. <laughs> because yeah, because you don't just unique. wake up saying, I want to work in the yeah. sex industry. And I love saying that when people ask me, what do you do? I, like, I work in the sex industry. And I like to see their face. Yeah, and they're probably like... <gasps> but then they ask questions. And they ass- they probably... Do they assume a lot of the time? I think they probably assume. So yeah. I then explain. That you're a sex worker. But sometimes there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with being a sex worker. But then sometimes I like to leave it like that. And yeah, just, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Um, so... I was going through bouts of depression and stuff like that. So mm. I was in therapy, really mm-hmm. intense therapy, and kind of made me realise some things. So I was also um, sexually assaulted for my first time. And I was confused for years with the notion of what rape is or what assault is because I felt like maybe I should have spoke up louder and yeah. I didn't. I was yeah. too quiet. So yeah. I put that on myself for a long time and it made me look back at all of my past relationships and where they had gone wrong and things that I had been doing were a direct result from this thing. Yeah. It just made me realise that there's so many women, Mm. especially women, who have gone through things that are really similar. I mean, we've just sat sat down and met and realised that we've got a lot of similarities that are really similar, but in today's society, we don't really talk about these things. Yeah, absolutely. I so, okay, so I want to be able to talk about this. And with my friends, I've always been a person that people come and talk to mm. about sex, especially with my work. I have, you know, people talking to me about it. And so I, I started doing my Instagram. I have a fortnightly newsletter where you have masturbation tips mm-hmm. and podcasts and loads of other things. I think, like I was saying, what, what I learned is just having a community where people feel comfortable talking about not just sex in particular, mm. but coming back to yourself yeah and, and the emotions take, as yeah well. and taking mm. ownership of your body and your sexual pleasure so rather than expecting someone else to give you the best sexual experience or give you great orgasms or you know mm. he did x y and z or she did this you take in charge of yourself because through my trauma mm. i realized that i had let people maybe use my body more than I wanted to because I was yeah. trying to get to a really good place. Yeah. I was trying to get to that good place through having sex and it wasn't really working. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I, fo- I, I focused on masturbation because if I can't... And I wasn't even having great sex even. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give it. It's like I was having sex and it was just, you know, I was lying to my friend saying it was really great, but it was just, it was blur. It was nothing yeah. really there. And it was an, only until I could kind of get that emotional, mental side out and really unpack it could I enjoy sex fully yeah and that was something that i really want women to embrace is one have the conversation even if it's just with yourself mm. you know if you're not having great sex or you're not feeling sexual why is it and really addressing that and going into it and feeling comfortable enough to talk to other women about your experiences because we can learn from each other so you know i don't have a PhD in sexual gynecology or whatever, but Mm. I have my own experience. So I can give you the standard answer that I maybe have got from a doctor 
Or we can sit in a room with five other women or people with vulvas and they can say, well, this happened to me. Yeah. This is my experience. This happened to me. This is my experience. And their opinions and what's happened to them and what they bring to the table is just as relevant. Mm-hmm. The advice that we get from just other females sitting down talking can be so healing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's where it is. And with entomology, and that's AM appointments. So it's like your yeah. late night, early morning appointment with yeah, yourself. I love that. So cool. <laughs> and just with Entomology Institute, so I'm part of the founding team. So it's a school of sexual wellness. So mm-hmm. it, it's events, anything from like a masterclass to a debate to a TED talk. So this is something that I really want to talk about, and I'm not entirely sure how to broach it. But basically when I was like Googling you and like looking everything up that you'd done that was amazing, um, I came across this amazing article in Galdem zine written by Almaz Oheen. I really hope I'm saying mm-hmm. that name right. And she writes, Certainly the current sex positivity movement needs to be more inclusive for women of colour. We can start by expressing how sex can be perceived in a variety of ways in different cultures and for different people within those cultures. The rise of projects like ours proves that there is space for new and different voices, but we need to cultivate many voices, loud voices. And then in that same article, you talked about intersexual sex positivity and you said that I want to revolutionise the narrative of female masturbation and show women of colour that it's not dirty. I'm building a community for women who want to have the bold conversation while feeling empowered to share and support other women in becoming masters of their own sexual pleasure, which is amazing and I so vouch for. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're all women, not just women of colour. Yeah, 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 for okay, sure. Yeah. But I kind of want to talk about why. why is it that, I mean, I guess it goes... To the same oppression of women of colour that... I think, I can't understand what you're asking, but just to give you a little bit of um, background from that. So that was from, so I did a panel talk with decolonising contraception. Yes, Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so there's a disproportionate rate of like contraception available Mm. to people of colour than there are to other races and things like just education to do with sexual well-being. Obviously, we live in the UK, so it's a little bit the content is a little bit more easier to get. Yeah. But access to sexual healthcare is not so much throughout the world. I, I don't know from my experience if masturbation is necessarily a taboo or something within the black community. It might be something that maybe we don't talk about as yeah. much. I think that the beginning of the article was talking about how because black culture harks back to you have these kind of staunchly religious and mm, sort of yeah. um, Christian families from Africa and mm. and the Caribbean and maybe that's where that comes from. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. And that's not just with black people, but no, definitely... Um, yeah, but definitely the whole religious thing and also with black bodies being hypersexualized yeah. um, in culture. Yeah. And even things like... Um, it's going to sound completely random, like Kim Kardashian, and I actually really like her, <laughs> but just to you know... The, and Kylie Jenner, like the bigger lips and the yeah. bigger bottom and the yeah. bigger boobs. Like this is not how you naturally and your your skin is quite tanned because when you take your makeup off, you look like a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sometimes you might be confused at their ethnicity mm-hmm. and just the hypersexualization of black females being just you know really sexual and black men be really sexual and promiscuous. I think the opposite end of it is okay. So this is how we're seen. So. Mm you need to be good quote good and mm. you know don't yeah it's almost like you have two completely different dichotomies yeah. that there's no like middle normalization ground. Yeah. Of, 
<laughs> the human aspect of yeah and I think a, a younger generation or the generation that we're in now and the culture that we're in now where we're able to talk about things mm. is enabling younger black women yeah. in particular to explore sex and pleasure because it's not necessarily just about sex it's about pleasure yeah what do you like sexuality masturbation so there's n- you have the whole religious aspect of it, but you also can lead your own kind of separate personal life and yeah. learn what you need to learn online and mix with, you know, communities. You're going to uni, you're working, you're mixing with so many different people, having so many different experiences that it's not just that whole black culture where at home, your mum, your aunties, your uncles, and, mm. all, you know, good girls don't do that or we don't talk about things like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite a broad topic yeah, yeah, yeah. To talk about, and I wish Absolutely. I had more time to yeah, kind of go like into detail. Yeah, we should be doing a whole series. Yeah, on that. to go into more detail <laughs> about like, that, it's, it would be amazing because yeah. it's really goes down to things like pornography, sexuality, mm. all kinds of things, cultural Rivets aspects, and... FGM. Yeah, so much. Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk about the concept of virginity mm-hmm. because it was something that played such a huge role in my life you could argue that i lost my virginity to like medical so tools yeah. yeah and i think that is something even though i like disagree with that and i completely disagree with like the, the concept of the incredibly gendered concept of virginity like mm. in society that has like stuck with me in my brain and it has made me think it has like skewed my journey of like sexuality mm. and, and and stuff like that and and so I kind of feel like I never got to control my way into being a sexual person, if mm. you know what I mean. Mm. And so I, I kind of just want to talk about like the concept of virginity and how you think we can like expel the concept of virginity because I think it is really damaging. Yeah, it is. And definitely it's very gendered in the fact that, you know, you have to be penetrated by a man. Yeah. To, you know, now or you know, now you've lost your virginity, or as a man you have to penetrate a vagina and now you've lost your virginity, which yeah. is bullshit. I think maybe a, a better way to think about it is engaging in a sexual act with another person. Yeah. You have women that maybe will only have anal sex because, you know, or they don't want to break their virginity. Um, Babe, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not a virgin. (laughs) You are not a virgin. (laughs) Likewise, if, you know, you're having oral sex or you're um, having, like, giving hand jobs or Mm -hmm. whatever... That is a sexual act with another person. Yeah. And I think that might might be a better way to define... I don't even think you need to define it. Mm. If it's important to you, then maybe yeah. define it. So, yeah. okay, at this point, I was innocent. But you get to a point in your life where you're curious about sex. Anyway, it could mm-hmm. be a little bit younger or a little bit older, but you're curious, but you might not necessarily do anything about it. Yeah. And maybe if we define virginity as the point of... Acting, yeah, Yeah. on that rather than penis and vagina sex. Mm. Boom, there you go. It also completely erases like queer experiences. Exactly. If you've only ever had anal sex, are you you're a virgin technically? If you've only ever rubbed your vagina against another vagina, you haven't actually inserted anything. You're a virgin. virgin. Yeah. Even if you have inserted something in, if because it's not a penis attached to a quote man does yeah. that mean you're still there's too many variables yeah, does that mean yeah, that you're yeah, yeah. you know a virgin or not and I just feel yeah. that it should be something that is self-defined but I think it's just the act from innocence to knowing yeah I'm thinking I'm curious Definitely. I'm looking I'm doing stuff with myself 
boom, now I've done something with someone else. Yeah. I'm wise. The final kind of question is, what advice would you give to people who have been through trauma of sorts that has affected their, their sense of sexuality and maybe have lost control of of that sense? For trauma, this is like a, a big question and I'll try and concise it yeah. down. One which is really painful is, mm. at, for me, and I'm not a therapist, but for me is acknowledge that this happened, this happened and this is maybe a part of who you are, mm. but it doesn't define who you are. It's something that's happened to you mm. that you didn't have control, but it doesn't define all of your experiences. This is just one experience in the many, many years that you're going to be living. So if I feel upset, sometimes I just make sure I cry. Mm. Fuck it, I'm just going to cry. Now I can deal with the rest of it. Yeah, Definitely try masturbation, but what is masturbation anyway? It doesn't have to be centred around your genitals. It could just be awakening your sexual senses by reading something erotic, mm. watching porn, you know, spending time on your breath work and just... One thing that I find is, has been really good for me and mm. has helped a lot of other women as well is things like, not necessarily meditation, but just being able to focus in on yourself and yeah. blocking out the world, not even in a sexual way, but yeah. just being able to really focus on yourself yeah. in like a yoga meditative yeah. state. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if after that, because that, that kind of practice will help you in life in general. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and then if you want to take that into masturbation, you can, but... Again, not necessarily going to the genitals, maybe just exploring how it feels when you're in that state to touch my arm. Okay, mm. I actually, I really like it. It feels kind of tingly when I touch my arm or, mm. you know, touch my leg. And just taking it really slow. Yeah. Not giving yourself, and this is a hard one as well, it's not giving yourself a deadline. Yeah. Just because this feels good to your friend or this is expected to feel good in this amount of time, it doesn't mean it's relevant to you. Yeah. It might mean actually... I'm, I might need to tap my head, rub my belly yeah. 20 times in a semicircle <laughs> before it starts to feel good. But yeah. you will never know that until you start tapping your head. And yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. you should, but just <laughs> yeah. touching yourself in a non-sexual way is a really good place to start. Just, you yeah. know, by yourself. It doesn't have to involve another partner, but just, you know, have a read or something. And also do the... I've been talking about it, but do the therapy, do the work. Mm. Take time to really talk to a professional, to to understand why you feel a certain way about your body because even though you know and you know mm. it's it's really difficult different when you speak to someone professional yeah. in that setting and it's completely confidential just to work out things what would you say to someone who has like never orgasmed but always wanted to orgasm what would be like your top three tips Chill out. Mm -hmm. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. It's not the be all end all. And a lot of women are not, or I'm going to use it from a, a female point of view. A lot of women are not orgasming, but don't know what to do about it. So you're yeah. definitely not alone. It kind of goes back to what I was saying about the trauma. Yeah. Take time to center yourself. So we talked about having control issues and being able to be in the moment. Having control and being in the moment, it you have to be able to lose control yeah. in a bit. It takes work. Yeah. And most of this is more to do with your mind and emotional state more so than 
a sexual thing that yeah. you can do. You know, you know, rub your clit in this way. I mean, you could do that, but if you've never had an orgasm, it might not work. So mm. um, don't focus too much on the big goal. Yeah. Spend some time trying to get into yourself, like like blocking the world out. Also invest in toys. Mm-hmm. Toys are amazing. I have loads of toys. I have too many toys. Even. <laughs> and just because it works for one person doesn't mean it will work for you. Yeah. But try a small toy by yourself. It's a, Where would the women. amateur go to find? Well, I used to work in toys. Shush Women's Store, mm-hmm. and they are amazing in erotic emporium. They're amazing because you everyone there knows about the toys. You can ask the most embarrassing question or quite silly question there's no silly questions and yeah. we will understand or we will give you our personal you know actually in my opinion i prefer this toy over this one yeah so i'd probably if you've never orgasmed i would try and go to somewhere where you can talk to someone and even classes they have classes there and there's loads of different classes that you know orgasmic classes cool. um, yeah <laughs> invest in toys chill the fuck out get into yourself <laughs> oh my god I love that my favourite bit of that was when you were like you have to be in control to lose control you have to be that was amazing <laughs> okay thank you so much Nadia you've been okay. so insightful and generous and um, I wish we had more really time there's so much to, to talk about but I yeah, know great. thank you Nadia bye. Okay. bye that's it guys another fierce episode full of bold body language thanks to our partners over at onthebeach.co.uk I couldn't have done this podcast without them. They share our passion to celebrate stories of self-acceptance and embrace how we can all take ownership of our bodies. For more details and to book your next holiday, check out onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language. Thank you for listening and shout out to On The Beach for being the game-changing holiday retailers this industry needs. And for all you listeners out there, I hope this made you feel like the sparkly starburst of a human that you are. But if it was difficult to listen to, please know that you're not alone. If you need help or advice, you'll find the relevant support links in this week's show notes. Hit the subscribe button. See you next week. And may the power of pants be with you.